You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Reckless speculation. Trade talk. Juicy rumors. Oh, yes. We are counting down the minutes and the hours to the NBA draft. All kinds of steam coming out from all corners of the internet. And our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson is going to join us for a little bonus Wolves scoop session off the top of today's Mackie and Judd show. But first, a quick shout out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company helping business owners in the state of Minnesota since the early 1900s. And I just saw uh, we're going to get another round of, of restrictions here because of the COVID outbreak in the state of Minnesota. So if you're a business owner, this has clearly been a tough year. If you don't feel like you have the frontline protection and the peace of mind that you need, I recommend going to federatedinsurance.com and just checking out uh, why they've been so successful and helpful over the past century or so. FederatedInsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's always our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. For us, this is not a decision for one night. This is a multi-year decision, and we want to make sure that we have not only the best player, but the best person with the most upside. And that takes a lot of diligence. That takes a lot of time. We've been fortunate uh, through this pandemic that we've had more than enough time to prepare for this decision. We're very open. We're having open conversations now. It's why we want to use every minute at our disposal. Uh, in terms of the draft, our boards are set. Now it's just a matter of scenarios and conversations leading up to 8.05 when we make that selection or when we trade the pick. Gerson Rosas on the jump yesterday. Reckless speculation. And the Timberwolves, no one really knows for sure what they're going to do. There's a lot of Anthony Edwards speculation if they do make the pick at number one. But uh, we figured it'd be fun to bring our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson in from the Scoop podcast, Apple, Spotify, and ScoreNorth.com, and also the five Eyewitness News sports team. Doogie, the floor is yours off the top of the show. Uh, happy NBA Draft Day. What are you hearing and what are you thinking? Happy Hump Day. You're right, Phil. More importantly, happy Draft Day, gentlemen. What am I hearing? What am I thinking? You might be able to queue up this audio tomorrow. By the way, 7.05 Central, 8.05 Eastern is when the Wolves are expected on the clock tonight. So if you're watching this in the Central Time Zone, 7.05 tonight. What I believe, Phil... And again, you might be able to queue up this audio tomorrow, expose it to old takes, exposed on Twitter, make me look like a fool. (laughs) I say it with about 70% certainty, if they stay at one, that it'll be Anthony Edwards. I don't think it'll be LaMelo Ball at one, but could they end up taking James Wiseman at one? I think he's the one that's got the most trade potential, trade upside. Charlotte at three, there's some buzz about Chicago at four. Really liking Wiseman, there's some buzz this morning that Boston – Really likes James Wiseman. What could Boston potentially offer? Oklahoma City has all sorts of assets. Houston is another intriguing possibility. I think they eventually do something with P.J. Tucker if they do move James Harden and Russell Westbrook. So there's all sorts of different rumors out there. Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer had a report this morning that I bounced off a lottery team. This lottery team said, yeah, it's accurate that the Bulls 
have engaged the Warriors. So going from four to two, offering up Wendell Carter Jr. Now, if you're the Wolves, would you go from one to four for Wendell Carter Jr.? He's a really good asset. But to me, Phil, he is not a good fit next to Carl Anthony Towns. So I think it's Edwards, or if they take Wiseman, it's for the sole purpose of a trade. They don't have the full medical book, something we've talked about on James Wiseman. I think that would be a tricky pick if you don't have the full book on him. Plus, his agent is a powerful agent. Jeff Schwartz, he represents a number of players. I don't think you want to ruffle those feathers. That Schwartz prefers that Wiseman ends up somewhere else where, where they can feature him at the five position, Golden State, Charlotte, or, or elsewhere. So if you're taking Wiseman tonight, it's for the sole purpose of trading him. I just don't think LaMelo Ball, the more I think about it, Phil, I just don't think LaMelo, culture-wise, we always hear that buzzword, culture. I'm not even quite sure how to define culture, but I'm not quite sure he's he's the best culture fit on the court. Did you really bring in D'Angelo Russell in February to then play him off the ball? I know there's been this chatter about his success in Brooklyn, which is correct. He played off the ball a bunch in Brooklyn, but I think you brought him here to play him on the ball. Oh, by the way, when you talk about taking the guy with the most upside, you can make a case. I don't know if I would make the case, but you can make the case that Anthony Edwards is the guy with the highest upside in this draft class. Dukes, give me the the juiciest bit of reckless speculation in your notebook that could land an existing player who's considered a a star or borderline type of star here uh, to play with uh, Cat and Russell. Well, I mean, I think Aaron Gordon is the best fit next to Carl Anthony Towns. Orlando's GM did a Zoom call the other day. He fully admitted they've been getting all sorts of calls. Not that Orlando is is looking just to give away Aaron Gordon, but the Wolves had interest in Aaron Gordon going back to February. He is still on their radar. I don't know how the piece, the pieces would fit in terms of an actual transaction. Like 17 and Jarrett Culver is not getting you Aaron Gordon. It would have to be to me, significantly more. Like, look at the Robert Covington trade. So Covington goes from Houston to Portland, and Houston ends up with two first-round picks. They end up with pick 16 tonight. Then they end up with a pick next year. It's got some It's got some protection, but Portland will be good next year. It looks like it'll be, like, you know, roughly pick 20 next year. You know, really good draft, by the way. The 2021 draft is supposed to be really, really good. That's something that's on the Wolves' radar, acquiring a first-round pick next year because as of now their pick is only top three protected in all likelihood their first round pick next year will end up in the hands of golden state from from the russell trade you know so there's all sorts of different things that the that the wolves are exploring i brought up pj tucker he's only got one year left on his deal he's 34 but do i think pj tucker is somebody that has fans here i do heck i brought up boston would boston would they consider now now we know that jason tatum is untouchable I happen to think Jalen Brown is untouchable. Is Marcus Smart untouchable? I think Marcus Smart would be an unbelievable fit here. So could you find a match? Boston has three first-round picks, so I'm not suggesting giving up one straight up for Marcus Smart. There would be there would be more pieces there, but that's that's something that that offers a little bit of intrigue my way. I think Eric Bledsoe has some fans here. Will New Orleans end up keeping Bledsoe, or does New Orleans at some point entertain the idea of moving Bledsoe? Phil, I saw you tweeting this morning about Bradley Beal. I take Tommy Shepard, the Wizards' president of operations. I know Tommy a little bit. Him and Flip go way back. Tommy's a great guy. I get it. Journalism 101, why is this person lying to me? But he was adamant yesterday that he is not moving Beal. Can I see them eventually moving Beal? Yeah, maybe it's next year at the trade deadline. 
or next offseason. But I don't foresee a trade involving Bradley Beal tonight. But I can guarantee whenever Bradley Beal is made available, the Wolves will have interest. And we'll, and Judd and I, we're, we're going to dive a little bit more into the Bradley Beal rumors here uh, before the show is over. I want to circle back on the Anthony Edwards thing here because I – I think you're right. If, if you start to do some just logical deduction, too, I mean, there are three players in terms of just like upside and talent that make more sense than some of the other. There's, there's some other intriguing players, too. Uh, the, the Iowa State wing player who can snipe three pointers, uh, the USC center. Like, there are some well, intriguing let me players. Stop you there. Can I stop you there? Sure. My buddy Ryan McDonough, who was on my podcast last week, the former Suns general manager, he reported this morning that the USC big has a medical red flag, that there's a foot issue. And I'll just tell you this, me personally, any foot issue with a big man worries me, scares me greatly. I would steer clear, assuming that Ryan's report is spot on. And Ryan, I mean, heck, Ryan worked in the Celtics front office for years, former Suns general manager. Trust me, he knows a lot of people in the game. Yeah. He's got he's got legit sources. So I, I trust his report on that. I would steer clear of, of the USC big. But what about Obi Toppin? Phil, I hear that Obi Toppin has a lot of fans here in Minnesota. Not at pick one, but if you end up moving down, that's a name I would keep an eye on. I think, Phil, honest to God, I think they're trying as hard to move up from 17 as they are in terms of trying to move down from one. Like, I think there's as much, if not more, dialogue about pick 17 than there is at pick one. Like, I would not be shocked at all if they end up doing something tonight with pick 17, but can they get high enough to get Toppin? If not Toppin... Maybe the wing from Auburn, Isaac Okoro. And they've got they've got assets to move up there, too. The early second-round pick, obviously they're willing to deal Jarrett Culver. But on the number one pick, if it's, let, let's, say that, let's say they can't swing a trade and they have to make the pick at number one. You already laid out with James Wiseman. I mean, he doesn't want to play here. And, and anything uh, ambiguous medically just makes him sort of a, a non-starter for me at number one. I think, I think if he were more willing to play ball, I would be more willing to try and figure out a way for him and Towns to play together. But let's take him off the table. LaMelo Ball, to me, is Ricky Rubio 2.0 with, like, more Instagram followers. Like, he's got a broken jump shot. He was the worst defender in the Australian League on pick and roll, according to people that watch the Australian League closer uh, than I do. And so, like, process of elimination, you sort of land on Anthony Edwards. And I saw this article that's been making the rounds on ESPN.com. I'm just going to read you guys a couple quotes, okay? Anthony Edwards, quote, To be honest, I can't watch basketball. He retells the story about the first time he dunked and how it signaled to him that he was talented and could accomplish something he might not have been able to in football, which was his first love. Football is first love. So uh, that's the direction he went. Simple as that. Hanging up his football cleats. Quote, that's all I needed to see. So when did you uh, finally get into basketball? The, uh, the interviewer says. He goes, I'm still not really into it. I love basketball. Yeah, it's what I do. Uh, and then he goes on to say, if if he had a chance to play in the NFL, he would let basketball go immediately, quote, because you can do anything on the field. You can do disrespectful stuff. You can spike the ball. You can dance. Uh, you'll get fined in the NBA if you do that stuff. He goes on to say that he's an aspiring rapper. He's already recorded a few tracks with his older brother, and uh, he would like to release a rap album as soon as his NBA career takes off. Um like the Wiggins comparisons are a little bit off base because this dude is a physical freight train. Wiggins is a twig. And I think like in terms of like the emotion that Anthony Edwards shows on the court, like he's a different guy. But there's a lot of questions about whether he really wants to be a great basketball player. And that would make me nervous with the number one overall pick. So I'll just throw that out there. 
Well, Phil, I'll offer up that I think it's worth reading the entire ESPN.com feature on Edwards because I actually came away from reading it really liking Anthony Edwards. So I get it keying in on, on those particular quotes, but it's a lengthy story. I'm just saying give yourself five minutes to read the entire story. I think you'll like Anthony Edwards. I don't get the Wiggins comparisons. Yeah, like you said, Anthony Edwards is a legit 230 pounds with minimal body fat, Mm -hmm. right? Like, he's put so much work into his body. There is some sort of work ethic there. Also, Wiggins did win Rookie of the Year. He did play for four coaches here. Like, I don't think Wiggins was a complete train wreck. Yeah, he plateaued after that rookie year, but there was – there was enough to build on. I do think the right structure needs to be in place for Anthony Edwards, like whether that's James Johnson or some other vet that they bring in. Like, I don't think I don't think they have the full infrastructure in place to maximize Anthony Edwards' potential if he does indeed land here. But I'm just saying that article, it, it didn't really – it didn't overly bother me. I also know this much. Like, I can tell you, I won't say which player, but – but think about the the five Twin Cities kids that have a chance to get drafted. I, four for sure will, Freddie Gillespie, maybe. I can tell you that there was a team that texted me, knowing that I've done stuff with these kids going back to high school, texted me asking, does so-and-so really love basketball? <laughs> I'm just telling you, Phil, that question comes up with a ton of guys. Now, on LaMelo Ball, it doesn't. I, I think it's it's out there. LaMelo, I don't think there's any questions about his passion. Yeah, his his – his want on defense, some other things, you know, the red flags with his dad. Uh, yeah, those those are legit. But if you're just asking the question, does LaMelo Ball love basketball? There are no questions about that. But I can just tell you, if you want to ask that about Edwards, you can ask that about, about 15 to 25 to maybe even 30 other prospects in this draft class. Do they really, really love the game? The pluses on LaMelo, I think if anybody can sell a few tickets, it would be him. But, like, I'll give you another minus. So so he does a Zoom call yesterday with, with national media. It's a 15-minute commitment. He glanced down. He did this. He glanced down at his phone multiple times. Just lock in on the goddamn press conference for 15 minutes. Right? So Welcome I to just, 2020, Doogie. Yeah, I know. So they circled back to LaMelo for an interview with him again last weekend. So I wonder if there were still some unanswered questions where they said, we need to talk to him again a third time. Mm-hmm. So they worked him out. They interviewed him out in Southern Cal. Then they circled back to him for a virtual interview last weekend. So I think there were still some questions lingering out there. I do find it fascinating that the betting lines, if you go to some of the some of the offshore betting sites, that LaMelo Ball is the betting favorite to go one tonight. But I'm just telling you, the more I think about it, I just – I don't see the fit, and I think you can make the case, even if you're wondering about Anthony's love for the game, I think you can make the case that Anthony Edwards has the highest upside in this draft class. So, Duke, despite what uh, Gerson says, do you think ultimately if they do make that pick that they go uh, best player, which, of course, teams love to say that they're always going to do, or do you think that they ultimately truly go best fit for them right now? I think it's a combination, uh, Judd. I, I think if, if they end up staying at one and Edwards is the guy, I think it's fit, and I think Anthony Edwards is, is number one on their board. Now, we can debate whether, whether that should be the case. I think if you took a poll of, of the lottery teams, you might have a few that have Anthony Edwards one, but you'd have some with LaMelo Ball one. You'd have some with James Wiseman one. So there is no consensus, but I, I think to answer your question, Judd, it's a combo platter there. Hey, Dukes, it's accepting the fact that – 
Wiseman basically says he doesn't want to play here and just saying that's fine. Do you think that's the smart move, or are the Wolves potentially passing up a really good player and should have fought this one a little bit more uh, to convince the kid that there was a path to be successful with the Timberwolves? I love him, Judd. Talking to Sam Mitchell, who knows him with, with Sam's Memphis connections. I've talked to Fran for sure. I've talked to others that that know Wiseman, you know, going back multiple years. I love the kid. I, I think he's got the highest ceiling in this draft class. If I had to bet on any prospect in this draft class, it's James Wiseman. Now, that being said, do you really want Carl Anthony Towns chasing around fours, potentially on the perimeter? Like, we already know that Carl Anthony Towns has, has warts on defense. I don't know if Wiseman and Cat would be the best fit, but I do think they would be a nightmare for teams on offense. I just think the defensive end would be a nightmare for Towns, but you would have Wiseman protecting the paint. So you could make that case, but I just think it would be tough, Judd, without having the full medical book. Not that there are medical red flags, but if I, if I couldn't have my doctor, you know, they couldn't visit him. They wanted to visit him in Miami. That never took place because the Wiseman camp wouldn't allow it. So without having your doctor administer some sort of physical, without having the medical records, and, oh, by the way, knowing that his agent is Jeff Schwartz, who's incredibly powerful, and I just don't know if I would want to ruffle those feathers, I get that the Wolves are not taking James Wiseman tonight with the purpose of, of keeping him. Again, if they take him, it's for the purpose of, of trading him. But just on the surface, without thinking about all those things, yeah, Judd, I, I think James Wiseman is, is going to be a superstar. Reckless speculation. Doogie, we know you have a busy day and a busy schedule, and so we'll say goodbye to you, and we'll recap all of this tomorrow. Thank you, sir. Sounds good. See you tomorrow, guys. All right, Dukes. That's Darren Doogie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News Sports Team, and also you can find his weekly podcast, Inside Information About Your Favorite Local Sports Teams, The Scoop, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com. It just feels weird to me that that there might ultimately be this potential star player there at that pick, and you've got the pick, and you're just like, well, he doesn't want to play here. Dude. Like, I, I get, I get I the fight, but if I really think he's that good, I, I feel like the, the conversation about him from day one has been like, well, he's not going to, he's not going to play for the Wolves and he doesn't really want to talk to you and he's not going to show you. It's like, okay, that's all fine, but you've got this pick. I I get it, but I think here's how I would deduce it. I mean, you're right in that you shouldn't, you shouldn't be sort of bullied around by agents and whatnot. Like if you feel like he's the right pick and if he's head and shoulders above, no pun intended, because he literally is head and shoulders above the other players. Um, then, like, ordinarily, you should just make the pick. Like, no, dude, we're turning this franchise around. We know this is going to be a good fit, et cetera, et cetera. But in, but in this case, hold on. Hey, Dex, I think you hit your volume on there. There we go. Okay. <laughs> um, in, in this case, he's not necessarily clear-cut the best player in the draft, right? He is one of a few players that has big upside but also question marks. And so if he's not willing to give you the full medical information, okay, that makes it a little bit tough. What if what if the Golden State Warriors have some information that you don't and they're also going to pass on him because of that information, but you don't know. Like um and then the other thing I would say is the idea like if if Wiseman and Edwards both panned out to their absolute best potential, right? Yep. I'd rather have Edwards. I'd rather have the wing player who's, you know, 225 pound freight train who can get his own shots and whatnot and can shoot from outside. Mm -hmm. Now his shooting percentage from outside in college was pretty atrocious, but 
Some of that was shot selection. I mean, a lot of it was just like he was the only good player at Georgia. I just don't want to be controlled by agents and players when I'm in the controlling position. Um, it just I hear you. It bothers me, and and this is supposed to be, from the Wolves' standpoint, a, a new administration and a new start, and this feels very much like the old, yeah, but you can't take this guy. Yeah. Uh, to which I would say, to which I would work very hard people I pay behind the scenes to get all the information that I need. Like pri- private investigator yeah. or something? Well, I mean, he's got, I mean, he's clearly got... Sneak around? Well, yeah, but I just, I don't like being controlled by people who are going to tell me that I potentially can't take a kid who might be the best player when I've got the pick to take yeah. the best player. No, I, I so you. it bothers I, me. I hear you. I, I st- like, where I land on it, though, is if Anthony Edwards becomes, like, the best version of himself... And if James Wiseman becomes the best version of himself, yep, there's still a really good chance that Anthony Edwards is the player that you would want for the next eight to ten years. But I have a couple other things for you here before we we have write that down predictions on the show today. Uh, ESPN.com. I want a mock. Has the Wolves taking Anthony Edwards? But that's not the most interesting thing that ESPN.com posted today. Reckless speculation. They have an article entitled. And in just, just inject this whole thing into my veins, by the way. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. The article is seven big NBA trades that we want to see this week. That's genius. Oh, my God. And the first one out of the gate yep. is a Timberwolves trade. Okay. The Minnesota Timberwolves would trade the number one overall pick, James Johnson, Jarrett Culver, and Jake Lehman to the Washington Wizards for Bradley Beal. Reckless speculation. Now, before we get into their explanation and and everyone else's thoughts, I just want everyone to know that if this trade was available and the Wizards signed off on trading Bradley Beal, which they have not to this point, I would do this in a heartbeat if I was the Timberwolves. Yeah, read me the explanation. I'd be curious to hear what they have to say to justify it. Yeah, Andre Snellings from ESPN.com says, The Wolves have two cornerstones in Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell, but they need a third star to truly build a contender. True. Bradley Beal has proved to be one of the better shooters slash scorers in the league and could match with Towns and Russell to build a potent outside-in offense. Plus, Beal, is, this is the key for me, because a lot of these other names like James Harden's available, Russell Westbrook's available. Bradley Beal is still young enough at 27 years old to remain at his peak as Carl Anthony Towns, who's 25, and D'Angelo Russell, who's 24, yes. reach their peak. All of that, and, and so Beal would still be at his peak for like five more years all these guys would be in their primes, and you could you could go on a run here if you built the rest of the roster right. Mm-hmm. It would give the Wolves a shot at both immediate and long-term success. The Wizards are in need of a rebuild, which requires young talent and financial flexibility. This deal gives them all those things. The problem is the Wizards have not looked in the mirror with realistic expectations yet. They think, we're getting John Wall back. We're going to run this thing back for the seventh time with John Wall and Bradley Beal, or we're going to trade John Wall and... I think there's been some uh, some James been. Harden rumors and yeah, stuff. It's John like, Wall. yeah. But like, even if you do that, let's let's say let's say you, well, let's say you run it back with John Wall and Bradley Beal. Yep. That that team is nowhere near like top half of the Eastern Conference. And even if you somehow finagle a trade for James Harden, and now you've got Beal and Harden, mm-hmm. I still don't think that team is as good as the Heat, the Celtics, the, what the Sixers could still be. So like the problem is the Wizards are still clinging to hope that we can still do this with Bradley Beal. Yep. And uh, they're going to come to the realization at some point that that's not going to happen. I love this idea, and here's why. I still contend that there is an inherent pressure 
on on the Wolves who are for sale that goes way well above their basketball administration goals from a business standpoint to be relevant coming out when we do of the pandemic. Like the competition for, for the sports dollar in March was huge here, right? Now you've got people who have taken pay cuts, uh, companies that, that, that are in very difficult financial positions. And at some point in time, we're going to have fans back in stands. And every one of the teams in this town is going to go to corporations and to fans and be like, buy, buy sweets again, right? And they're going to be like, no, thanks. If I'm the Wolves, if I'm the business side, if I'm Glenn Taylor, if, or, or or whoever is or, the new owner or the in people, two months. Or the people who are talking <laughs> to Glenn. I think the trade needs to be this. I need. I think you need to start with your entire first round. I think because you just gave me a list of names, but you didn't, without a clear-cut star in this draft, if I'm the Wizards, I'm not getting enough. I'm getting people back, but I'm not, but for Beal. I would do that too. I'm not getting. Honestly, so, I would do that. So if I'm, if I'm Gerson, um, I have I have the business administration, the people that own the Wolves behind me saying, you don't want to do this and I don't care. One and 17 are the starting point of what you are offering and then Culver as well. But if I'm Washington, I need more and I need at least the Wolves entire first round tonight. Now, Washington, the other reason they would potentially say no is that. And in the, I have, I'm not going to pretend to have studied the 2021 NBA draft, but people who are smarter than me have looked at it and said there's a couple like more surefire stars at the top of it. And so they might be thinking, listen, if we're going to unload the Bradley Beal trade ship, we get one shot with it. We want more of a surefire top pick, but there's no guarantees because there's a lottery, right? There's no guarantees that you would be able to get the number one pick from whoever has it. Yes. You would be able to trade for whatever they get in the lottery. Now, you could wait for the lottery to be established and then swing a trade, but the further you go along, the less value Bradley Beal has because right. the less uh, term is left on his contract. Uh, I would also avoid making decisions based solely on how to sell tickets, but if if winning games helps you sell tickets, adding Bradley Beal to Carl Anthony Towns and to D'Angelo Russell helps you win more games, thus helps you sell more tickets. Absolutely, so. but but the point, the point is, Phil, I don't think you have the luxury of saying we are the basketball side and, and we can't be concerned about the business side. If you had that, it's gone now. You're going to start your season with no fans. Revenues are going to plummet and be down. At some point when fans are allowed back in, you have to start to recoup that. And if you're the Wolves, Phil, and you're still saying, okay, this is going to be great because we got two more years to build this thing up. Fans who, by the way, are taking pay cuts themselves and corporations are hurting as well, are going to say, see you later. Um, I don't know. I don't know that ignoring the business side at this point is an option. I really don't. And you have to win games. And if you have uh, D'Angelo Russell and you have Beal and you have Cat, at least now I've got a really exciting uh, um, product to try and sell because I'm going up against the Wild. I'm going up against the Twins, the Vikings, um, the Gophers. Yeah. So there's a there's the competition now for the sports dollar is going to go from being incredibly intense to being brutal. Look, I think you and I are are technically speaking the same language, which is like, what's the best move to get this team to be relevant and win? It's just that like my entry point. I think losing franchises like the Jets think about how can we make a splash and bring Tim Tebow in to sell tickets? Like, no, you should make moves to build a winning franchise. Right. And then that's that Beal. leads to tickets. Yes. So Westbrook, we agree no. on that. 
Westbrook, no. Yeah, no. Westbrook would sell tickets. But yeah, but I'm would, not doing that but, one. But you're not making the playoffs, right? But I'm I don't to, think. But but I'm going to give Washington more. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, think about like this. This trade won't happen, but it might happen next off season because the the Wolves are going to have assets. Just think about the idea of Towns, D'Lo, and Beal all in their prime. And those guys don't play a ton of defense, but then with the other two spots in your starting rotation, you find a couple three and D swing guys. And you can find can those guys. Anyone like? Oh my god! Absolutely, can find those guys. I so, think. Quick pause, and then we're going to come back. Uh, we have a little Vikings discussion, and also write that down predictions here on Mackie and Judd today. We're packed. Cousins forgetting about the field goal, feeling one armed, able to bring it down for the touchdown. On third and four. Cousins throwing, and it is caught. Touchdown. It's Adam Thielen for the second time tonight. And Minnesota jumps back on top. Football. Three in a row. The Vikings, three straight home games. A little short week, but Dallas is beleaguered. They hate their coach, and they are underdogs coming into U.S. Bank Stadium. Randy in Cottage Grove, how are you feeling after three straight Vikings victories? Uh, I I feel like I'm on top of the world. Is how I feel. It, it it doesn't seem like a team that's under 500. I I still think there might be something wrong with the, the math on that, but it it's a good it's a good squad, and it is it is the kind of team that that as they say, no nobody wants to face them down the stretch, do they? I mean, I think the Vikings are the proverbial team that nobody wants to face in the playoffs right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, you just played the the highlight of uh, one of those tutties. Uh, that 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 was a hell of an effort, uh, you know, by Kirk. Uh, Kirk, you know, if you're listening, uh, you you stepped up. You know, a lot of us were on your ass, and uh, and, and you 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 earned it. You know, you and you held them to twenty points, man. Yes, you sir. gave us a chance at the end. But I got three words for you. You like that? I do like it. I do like it. And 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 before, you know, a lot of us were saying I don't like it. Well, now we do like it, Kirk. So good, you know, kick-ass effort by him and and, and a lot of the guys. You know, I, I, uh, I, I what I have to to say is we 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 do shots as you guys know during mm-hmm. the game and uh, the, the touchdown shots. But when 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 Zim is scheming that well, uh, sometimes we we do three and out shots too, and 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 we we got we we got a lot of them. Oh the my night. God, you must have been loaded. We got a lot. We 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 were in my um, excuse me, we were in my buddy Dave's garage, and uh, you know watching the game, and 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 you know, had some wings and, and and whatnot. So we we had a base coat down with with some food. We were fine, but. Uh, Let's just say, Zim, you you kept us hydrated, absolutely. So, that that, that, that for, I, I, you know, I've got two things today, and one of them is, of course, my stud stable. Uh, but then the other one is I I I've got a little feel very proud of Mike Zimmer and emotional about him, and I did a little special thing for him too. So let's do mm. if you could, should I do the stable just real quick, and then uh, then I'll give you my special. Uh, Special dedication to Mike. Wow. Okay. Sure, okay. Yeah. So little, just calling your own shots. It's okay. Yeah. Little double feature here, I guess. Right, so this is this is Randy's stud stable. Uh, we'll we'll do this first, and then see what else he's got. Some sort of this tribute. Is a, this is a stud stable. It's winning, just keep winning games in a row. After I called the called their asses out, and they list they responded in a big way. 
we, we, a lot of pe- a lot of people said the season was over. Nope, guess not. So here, here, here they are, the studs. Here's a guy at linebacker who, uh, you know, you, 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 he flies under the radar. <laughs> We're going to have to cough up some jack to get him in the purple next year, and that's a guy by the name of Eric Wilson. Just an absolute pop machine. He goes out there and he makes hits. Eric Wilson, we're stunned. Yeah. Yeah. Another guy on the defense who doesn't really get his due all the time. But I got my eye on you, Jeff Gladney. You were drafted kind of at a position where a lot of people said you were a reach. Nope, not me. I saw the college film on you, and I was ecstatic when they drafted you to purple. Well, Jeff Gladney, you're a stud. Big stud. A lot of people wanted to talk smack about the special teams. I don't think so. Not after the performance they put up. I'd like to focus specifically on one guy who's zipping all over the field and making some insane tackles. And that's Chad Beebe. Chad Beebe, you've got some wheels. You've got some absolute moxie and some attitude, and you got to keep that coming. Out of all the guys that played well, you come up with the special teams. I mean, the special teams Excuse not very me. good. Excuse, who is this? It's Jeff. It's Jeff. But okay, stop. That's the that's it. That's it for the stable. I'm the, you don't get the rest of the stable. Then see, look what you guys oh. just did. Disrespect like to Randy. Yeah, Randy. I'm sorry. There was going to be a whole offense part of the stable, and Kirk was going to get the, you know the big throne. Forget it. Forget the stable. Do you even want? Do you even want my poem? I wrote. A oh yeah! Poem. Oh yeah! Yeah! God, no, no. We want your poem. I wrote. I. I I've been taking an online uh, creative writing course as part of my anger management, and it and it's supposed to be. Uh, it helps you channel uh, uh, your your emotion. And and I had to do a project hmm. for my as part of the course for the for my why I'm not at work. But in any case, uh, of course, one of the subjects I near and dear to my heart is the Vikes. So. I, I I did my first project and it's a it's a poem uh and it's called Mike Zimmer. All right. Oh, okay. All right. This is uh this is what I did for oh. my for, for my uh for my teacher on the class and, and if you if you're listening, um, this is this is Randy, one of your students who did the, the Vikes poem and I hope I hope all the listeners love it. But this poem is called Mike Zimmer. Again, this is an emotional exercise helping me channel some some frustration. All right. Mike Zimmer, they said the season was over. You didn't let it end. You kept the burner on Zimmer, Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer, our roster has a lot of studs. At first, a few were duds, but now they're studs. Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer, you only have one good eye, but you can see everything, even the sky. You're a hell of a guy, Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer, the Super Bowl is no longer a dream because of the ways you scheme. You're a big-time winner, Mike Zimmer. Yes, that's the, that's the, that's mm, the poem. Wow. And I, I, if anyone would like a copy of it, I will put it on on Randy Bikes uh, sixty nine. Nice. Uh, for for others, if you'd like to, you can. You like that? Right you like you that? Print it out or read it at your Thanksgiving. But it's just a way to talk about a guy who I think deserves a hell of a lot of credit and and uh, 
you know, Mike, I'm sorry that they cut off the stable, but uh, you're my biggest stud of all. So, Mike Zimmer, uh, hats off to you, and, uh, you know, I'm just going to leave on a positive, uh, positive note because I am controlling my emotions. Yep. A little dusty in here for anyone else? Sort of like the, I sort of like the poem. That was good. It, it had a lot to it. I, he's got one good eye, but still can see the sky. I, I, Randy worked very hard at this. Was good. I'd like to know more about the class he's taking to yeah. control his anger. Wouldn't I'm, you like I, to know I'm more? actually good on that. Yeah, I don't see, I'd that. like to know a little bit more about that. I mean, Are you the whole having thing some anger with the wife, at home AshleyMadison.com a few years back, I don't, think we're, I don't think we've got the whole story here on Randy. Yeah, he's calling it a furlough. I feel like that furlough started about... Eight months ago, it started. Yeah, it's no, the problem. Sure. The problem with his furlough is it started before the pandemic, so it really wasn't a furlough at all. Gotcha. He just got fired. Write that down. Predictions. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Write that down. That's right. Rami's name stays on the headline until he officially bows out of the batting average race. This is Write That Down. We are the only sports talk platform in America that actually keeps track of our predictions, holds each other accountable. Three predictions from everybody every single week. They must be quantifiable. We bring listeners into the show every single week, Wednesdays. You can DM me on Twitter at Phil Mackey, or you can send me a fleet. What? You guys, have you guys sent your first fleet on Twitter yet? I saw that word. What does fleet mean? It's a fleeting tweet. It's it's what? it's Twitter's way of copying yeah. basically all the other social media platforms, mostly Instagram, by having a stories function where you can like post stuff uh, that that stays for twenty four hours. Do I have and that? since since you're not super Instagram guy, um, you, def- you definitely have the ability to fleet. We'll teach you all this stuff. We'll, we'll teach how to fleet. Yeah, uh, but you can DM me even if I'm not following you. You can uh, my DMs are open. So at Phil Mackey on Twitter, if you want to participate. And uh, we're going to get to Kirk, we're going to get to Simon, and we are winding down only a month and a half left in the batting title race, gentlemen. Judd Zolgad, coming into the week batting over 400, he's been basically been the wire-to-wire leader in batting average so far. Yeah, it was Rami, Rami had the lead at one point, oh, and Declan did too, right? Didn't yeah, Declan... but, but Dex was like not qualified yet. He didn't have okay. enough at bats, and then he Rami definitely had in. the lead at one point. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Although Declan uh, putting together a strong rookie campaign, one of the great rookie campaigns, yeah. and write that down history yeah. to this point. Joe so, Am I Ichiro Suzuki or am I Marty Cordova? Which one am I? <laughs> you are Joe Charbonneau. Look him up, <laughs> Cleveland Indians. Did Marty Cordova wind up like? I feel like, who was the guy that that fell asleep in a tanning booth? Was that Marty Cordova? Cordova was Cordova. I believe he disabled this. I believe he did. Yes, but he definitely did. He unfortunately, I mean, he the guy was bronzed. Okay, so it's going to happen. Yeah, he came on the Twins broadcast because I think he lives in Cleveland or something. He came on the Twins broadcast like five or six years ago, and just had like the tightest like medium affliction shirt and a belt buckle and stuff. That is a guy who benefited from baseball in the nineties, gentlemen. And I think you know exactly (laughs) what I mean. So let's start with Judd Zolgad. Only one thing came off the board for you. You said the Vikings will beat the Bears on Monday Night Football, giving Kirk Cousins his first Monday Night Football victory. And you were correct with that prediction. 
Jonathan Harrison, last year's reigning defending batting average champion, nothing came off the board. Manny Hill said Justin Jefferson nice. will have at least 700 yards receiving for the Vikings in his rookie year. Way to go, Manny. And he did. I don't think it's a home run uh, no. just because he was the he was WR2 going into the season, but he's already at 700 yards <laughs> with half you. season to go. WR2. WR2 running nine Football. routes. Well, WR and the seven route too. I'm stealing the WR reference from Allen Robinson's agent, who referred oh, to his yeah. client as WR1 in the red zone, and they never <laughs> throw to him. Rami had nothing come off the board. I had a lot of things come off the board. A lot of red Boy. here. I told you guys like three or four years ago, and I didn't put an end date on it, but I said Chauncey Billups will take a job with the Timberwolves. Well, he took a job with the Clippers yesterday. Assistant coach, right? Yeah. I thought he was possibly like a GM candidate or he a was. head coaching candidate. What happened here? I don't know. Because Flip Saunders had interest in bringing him on as an assistant coach and then someone who could maybe take over. And then there was, yeah, he was in the mix to like run front offices. The Pistons or something, right? And now he's I think I would have stayed in, in the TV biz if I was Chauncey. But. Yeah, so he wants to get back in the game. So that's incorrect. I said uh, the Wolves will trade for Devin Booker in 2020. We're going to take some of these Devin Booker ones off the table because the Suns just traded for Chris Paul. And Chris Paul and Devin Booker have been working out together all week. So like... <laughs> Devin Booker's not going anywhere Chris in 2020. Paul, man, just keeps bouncing around. Yeah, 36, still has never won a championship. I don't think he's ever played in the finals before. Uh-uh. The Wolves will trade book uh the Wolves trade w- uh, for Booker will involve a first round pick and Jared Culver or the whatever. It's all <laughs> whatever you predicted Wrong. at the time. I said the Bears will beat the Vikings twice this season and the Vikings will score 19 or fewer in each game. I had the 19 part. <laughs> And then I countered Declan's parlay by saying the Vikings will lose to the Bears. Dalvin will be under 100 yards. Kirk will throw at least one pick. And Justin Jefferson will not score a touchdown. I was very you, close. Oh, my gosh. You hit every part of it except the most important. <laughs> Dang. Well, that's why parlays are so difficult. Yep. That's why you get a couple cocktails in you at a Vegas sports book. And that'll you're like, yeah, I'm going to parlay nine baseball games. It'll be great. That's right. Uh, but I did make up for it by saying we will have a first-time Masters winner this year. Yeah. And uh, Dustin Johnson put the green jacket on for the first time. Listeners had a rough week. Oof. John in Manhattan had a parlay a few weeks ago. He said Cousins will, quote-unquote, lead the Vikings to a 2-4 and four division record as part of a parlay. Well, they've already got three division wins. Tom said, uh, our buddy Tommy, uh, Tommy Roller said that he will bartend at an event that has fans in 2020 at Target Field, U.S. Bank Stadium, or Target Center. Now... Is it possible that the Wolves, I don't think they're going to be able to at this point. Um, So he did DM me to say, I I will self-report, like, this is no longer possible for me. So he's... Yeah, no, the Wolves will not have fans, from what I understand. He said the Vikings will be swept by at least, uh, by two divisional opponents. RJ said Brooks Kepka will uh, win a major this year, and the U.S. Ryder Cup team will win. Well, the Ryder Cup got postponed, but Brooks Kepka did not win a major. And we had RJ, Eric R., and Paul P. all say that Tiger Woods would win the Masters. And not Phil M. That's incredible. What do you mean? I would have thought that oh, you, that, oh, you that would I have would been have, right on board with those three predictions. I thought you were talking about them predicting Phil Mickelson. Okay. But no, no. Phil Mackey <laughs> predicting that Tiger Woods would repeat as Masters champion. I can show a little Tiger restraint. A little Very bit. small. John W. said the Wolves will trade for Devin Booker sometime in the offseason. Again, it's not going to happen at this point. They just traded for Chris Ball. 
So, uh, Declan, you had Freddie Freeman winning the NL MVP. If you would have said that at the beginning of the year, it would have been a home run. You For said sure. it when it was like basically him or Mookie. So, yeah. yeah, that's fine. No rats. And then you had Bryson DeChambeau finishing at least oh, top five at the Masters. That didn't work. What happened there? He Dude. got dizzy. Didn't feel good. What's going on He's with Bryson? Full of crap. What's, he, what's going on? Well, yeah, okay. he's such well, a—he's he, full of shakes. He's great for <laughs> golf, though. People say he's bad for golf. He's great no, for he's golf great because for golf. he's a lightning rod. He's—he's a—he's a villain. He's like a wrestler. Yeah. So he got screwed. I think it was the second round. So he got screwed. Um, he hit because there's no fans, and so like when we golf and we hit a ball like in the in the thick grass, sometimes we don't find it because no, there's no one there to like find the ball, right? Yeah. So so Bryson hits a drive that was like ten yards into the left cut yep. on the front nine, I think, on Friday. And he had, and he wasn't exactly like in the mix leading, but he hits a drive in the left rough. And ordinarily at any other golf tournament, there's like six different course workers and like a thousand fans minimum that will help point out where the ball is and they'll all just gather around your ball and then you hit it from there, right? Mm-hmm. Because there was no fans, and apparently like none of the course workers saw it. The ball was just deemed lost, even though it wasn't lost. It was like, no, the cameras caught it landing in a spot that was like so 10 feet off. find it off that? They just couldn't find it. I don't know. Weird. So, so he had to go back to the tee box, and then he hit another one wayward. So you're, just, you're saying he fell fine but was just so ticked he, off. He had a terrible hole that he kind of got screwed on, and yeah. then he just like mentally unraveled. It was a triple bogey, 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 and he was just seething the whole round. And then afterwards, he makes all these excuses like, I was dizzy and I got COVID tested. No, dude, you just had a bad round, and that's okay. That's okay. Incredible Hulk, man. Declan had a parlay. He said the Vikings will beat the Bears. Dalvin will rush for over 100. Kirk will throw for over 220. And Justin Jefferson will catch a touchdown. And uh, you didn't get all those. So, Phil, if you had just taken the first part of what Declan has as his parlay, you get a home run. Correct. That's correct. So, very close. So, here are the current statistics. Judd Zolgad still batting 410 with three home runs. Rami, 386 with one home run. Declan up to 340, or like settling at 347, I guess, with one home run. I'm down to 284 with three home runs. Listeners down to 209 with two home runs. Manny Hill, 196 with a bomb. And John Harrison, 170 with two home runs. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. All right, let's get, let me bring Simon in on the phone. Simon, can you hear us? Yeah, I hear you just fine, Phil. Awesome. So we got Simon in the mix, and uh, we've got Kirk on our video stream. If you want to watch the video version of, of Write That Down, youtube.com slash scorenorthmn is our new YouTube channel there. So, Kirk, what's going on with you, man? Not much. How are you guys? We're here to probably swing and miss, at least me. <laughs> I haven't been doing well. Or so. outstanding. Yep. Uh, Kirk, are you here to, uh, to square around, or are you here to hit some bombs? What's your strategy? Dingers, baby. Dingers. Love it. Love it, love it. And uh, and Simon, what's your strategy today? Um, I'd say it'll be like some bombs, but mostly kind of lowish. All right, so you're you're gonna come in here a little little, little Matt Tolbert, Lou Ford action for you. That listener average though is slowly climbing up. Actually, it dropped from two thirty to two oh nine last week. Nice. So it was pretty ugly. It was pretty bad. It's a lot of red. So uh, let's start with we'll start with Kirk and then Simon and then Judd, Declan, Phil, and we'll go around the room three times. Uh, Kirk, lead us off. Let's do this. All righty, write this down. Um, with the NBA draft being tonight and that theme, the Minnesota Timberwolves will be looking for a new coach after the next NBA season, <laughs> and they will hire John Calipari. Whoa! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Kirk comes in here. He's, 
He's trying Write to down. You like riding out of Target down. Field. Write this down. Onto the plaza. Wow. It's rolling towards Target Field. <laughs> Target Center. Love it, dude. Love Holy it. Cow. All right, Simon. Hmm. The Vikings will be the seventh seed in the NFC playoffs, and they will win the wild card game. Ooh. All right. All right. <laughs> When's the last time the Vikings won a playoff game as a wild card team? Last year. Last season, yeah. Oh. They beat the <laughs> Okay. You know what ha- happens if they, they get that hot, awesome. though, when it comes to Kirk? Four more years. Yeah. Oh, my God. Four more years. Four more Stop years. Count. Let's, let's give Zimmer another extension. Oh, everybody yeah, gets an extension. extension. Everybody right, gets right. an extension. Write it down. You like writing Ooh. things down. All right. Judd Zolgad. Dalvin Cook will be named the NFL Offensive Player of the Year by the Associated Press. So he's going to be named the NFL Offensive Player of the Year, and that's an Associated Press Award. AP also gives out the MVP, but he's not going to win that. But he will be the Offensive Player of the Year, which is sort of the consolation prize uh, to the best offensive player who doesn't win MVP. Is that how it normally works? Like they they gave that Michael Thomas won it last year. Yeah. Okay. So like you're really good, but you're but it's going to be a quarterback who's going to take the MVP. So you get something. Wait. So Pat Mahomes didn't get that award or the MVP award. Correct. I think Michael Thomas of the Saints got it last year. I guess he did miss a couple games. Mm-hmm. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. That is correct. All right. The Timberwolves will announce a trade tonight on draft day. I'm just going to say that. The Timberwolves will announce a trade tonight on draft day. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know who it's going to be, but there will be a trade involving the Timberwolves tonight on draft day. All right. Sounds good. Could be anything. Could be, Could be anything. Could be trading back into the first round right. or something. Could be anything. Write this down. Write that down. All right. Write this down. I'm going to make a couple of Timberwolves draft predictions as well. I think they wind up making their first overall pick. Um, well, I'll just say this because it's possible they could make a trade. The, the, I'll say the Timberwolves will select Anthony Edwards number one. Okay. And then if they happen to trade him or something, I'm going to leave that separate. So they will select Anthony Edwards at number one. Okay. Cool. Okay. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Back to Kirk. All right. Got another big one. Um, the Chicago Bears will hire Jim Harbaugh as their next head coach. That's a great one. That's the Royce theory, too. <laughs> yeah, that He threw out the same thing. I like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes some sense. There's the Chicago Bears connection, and he's clearly not going to be. Now, if now if that Michigan job opens up, I'm curious where P.J. Fleck falls in the discussion. Ooh. I wouldn't worry about Fleck after this season for a while. I don't know. You could I bu- think you're okay. I think it's like a $10 million buyout, so he ain't going anywhere. I also Michigan's don't, got someone. I also don't think, <laughs> but, I, but if – you are going to fire Harbaugh. I think that the next coach has to get the fan base there excited. And right now, coming off the season that he's going to be, I think he wouldn't get the fan base in Michigan excited. Write it down. You like writing things down. Simon, your second prediction. Okay, this one involves sports media, and this is a parlay. Uh-oh. In the next set of TV contracts, Major League Baseball and the National Football League will both have games on ABC on a consistent basis. And... The NHL will have games on Fox on a consistent basis. Wow. Are they going to bring back the glowing puck? I hope not. (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you. Please don't. So just so I'm sure, Simon, you said the NFL and MLB will be on ABC and the NHL will be on Fox? Yeah. Okay. Not exclusive, though, of course. Sure. Right. I got you. Yeah. We'll just. I'm, I'm all for the glow puck, by the way. Bring back the glow puck. No, oh, you're in on the glow yeah, puck. It was Bring all, back the glow it, puck. You, you were in, in your diapers. It sucked. Yeah, because that was 1998. Now it's 2020. It could be like a legitimate thing. It was it was no. over the top in 1998. It can be actually Follow awesome in the 2020. the puck yourself. <laughs> well, 
it's hard on TV. So you're speaking like a typical hockey fan who is anti trying to get the casual sports fan in. You're part of the problem, Judd Zolgad. Anything yeah, that glows, I, I don't need. I don't need a disco ball on my television either. Start a hockey blog. Anything that glows, you're out on. I'm out on things that glow. I'm out on I'm out on people who are bronzed, and I'm out on things that glow. Okay. He's out on people with glowing personalities. Yeah. Like I'm just... out on glowing. <laughs> Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. All right, who, who I even lost uh, Judd. Judd. Okay. Judd's up. Alex Karloff will finish in the top three for American League Rookie of the Year in 2021. Okay. Alex Kirilov will finish in the top three vote getters for the American League Rookie of the Year in 2021. Okay. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. If that happens, I think it's a, a certainty that Eddie Rosario is not on the roster um, anymore to open up the or, playing time. Right? Or, as what was thrown out in the Pioneer Press on Sunday, maybe he uh, does that playing first base. So then Sano would be, well, that would mean that might, Cruz is not re-signed and Sano's your DH or Sano no, is Sano, gone altogether. Or, yeah, the Pioneer Press uh, shooter had the idea that Sano could be traded to the Marlins for Max Meyer and pitching. Oh, that's Ooh. right. You brought you emailed yeah, us. I, I sent you that. that. I sent you is that he, and Kirloff could play first base. Is that shooter just sort of like making up trades like we do sometimes or is that him getting information? When it comes somebody? to Charlie, I can never tell. Was it that's a little true. birdie? Um, Reckless speculation. It, it read like he was putting pieces together fairly solid. The Godfather of reckless speculation. He is, oh is. my God, I yeah, love that column, really man, is. on Sundays. Little birdie. That column. Mm-hmm. Oh, little. Don't print that. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Don't print that. <laughs> Write this down. Shoot Write it down. You like writing things down. Declan Goff. All right. The Vikings will win their next three games. Woo! So Cowboys, mm-hmm. Panthers, Jaguars. Mm-hmm. The Vikings will win their next three games. Okay, we need, uh, we need a ruling here. I think mathematically that's a home run. Yeah, because it's. I mean, if they win three consecutive games, yes, they will be favored in all three. But those are all three like sort of sixty forty coin flippy games. Yeah, I think it's if a Declan home run. flips a coin three times, it's I have a home no run. problem with it. Yeah. Like they should yeah. win them all, but I I have no problem with that. But like this, like they just showed a graphic. Like the, the Steelers are favored right now in their last. Because uh, are they nine and zero or eight and zero? Whatever uh, they're, they're nine and zero. They're favored in their last seven games but they only have a 5% chance to win all of them. Mm-hmm. So I think even though the Vikings are favored, like they probably only have like a 10, 20% chance to win all three, 30%. So let's give Dex a home run if that happens. Sure. Write it down. You like writing things down. Right, write this down. Another Timberwolves draft night prediction here. The Timberwolves will make two picks between 1 and 16. So they have the 17th pick. I'm saying that they will trade up yeah. higher. So they will make picks between one, two picks mm-hmm. at least, mm-hmm. between one and 16 tonight. I think it's likely that they make two picks in the top 10, but I'm just, that's just okay. a side well, anecdote. You could, you could go for the home run, but that's okay. Well, maybe I will. But write the, it down. But you the like writing pick, things down? Or then they make two, two picks in the top 10, but you, you are predicting, or I'm you saying, think I'm saying that, that it'll be like picks like three and Well, I'm saying, so, so they have the first pick in the 17th. I'm right. saying like. Like, if they select number one or right. whatever, I'm saying that they will move up from 17 as well. Because mm-hmm. I think they, I like, they like some of those players. Write this down. All right, Kirk, your final swing. All righty, write this down. Don't mean to be negative here, but there will be no college football playoff. Oh. This year. <sighs> yeah, really? I okay. Mean, it's, kind of, I, it, it's tough because it seems like a couple conferences, like the Big Ten is just teetering every single week, right? Mm-hmm. And but, they don't have as much time to make up games. But the thing is, I don't think the playoff committee who are, are going to take the teams, I don't think they're beholden to uh, Big Ten rules. And all they want is one team, Ohio State. And so they could just, like, pick Ohio State. And just take them. Right now. Yes. Like Wisconsin, 
is out. Like it doesn't matter. The the Big Ten the the playoff people are not going to take them. So like they could play five games, four games. Yeah, they could play twenty games. They, True, but they want Bama, Ohio State, um, Koivu. Your club, Notre Dame, Coyle, I think, right? Notre Clemson. They just want those four teams, and I don't know that they care how, and Clemson, and I don't think they care how they get them. Yeah, it's good. I mean, yeah, Oklahoma? like like Ohio State can like, just, just be shut down now, and, they, and, the, and the playoff committee would say, why don't you just quarantine for a week and That's a half exactly and what they'll do. come down and play against Clemson. This is so much about financial gain. Uh, Kirk, you made three great predictions. You've stepped up to the plate, and since you have this gigantic platform right now on Mackie and Judd, who in your life would you like to thank that got you to this point? Um. Well, I'd like to, first of all, just thank you guys for uh, giving me this kind of outlet to uh, enjoy sports. Um, I know I told you, Phil, I own a restaurant in Hudson. It's not fun right now. Very stressful, to say the least. Which and, re- uh, which restaurant? Uh, it's called Patty Ryan's Irish Pub. Nice. Okay. I've been to Patty Ryan's Irish Pub. Uh, I, I enjoy, and for anyone, uh, would just... I'm assuming that you guys probably aren't under the same because right now in Minnesota it's going to go back to takeout. I don't know what the situation is in Wisconsin, but give give right. give you guys some business in any way is what I would recommend to our listeners. I sincerely appreciate that, and uh, you guys are a great listen. Uh, great to hear on the way and home from work. So uh, I had fun today. Thank you, Kirk. Appreciate it, Kirk. Thanks Thank for you. coming on, dude. Appreciate it. Be uh, safe. Thank you. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, Simon. Your final swing here, dude. Okay. This one's not a sports prediction, but this is piggybacking off of one of Phil's from a few weeks ago. As you mentioned before, Trump will start his own news network, whether it's online or on cable, and he will get Sean Hannity from Fox to join. That's a great prediction. Oh, yeah, that's gonna ha- that's happening. It's a great prediction. Because if he does start a news network, his singular focus will be to conquer Fox News. Yes. Yep. So he'll yeah. look to poach. He'll look to poach Hannity. I don't know if maybe he'll poach Tucker Carlson, but... Yeah, I mean, those guys make a ridiculous amount of money, so he'll have to come up with some funds, but I like where you're going there. Uh, Simon, who in your life would you like to thank that brought you to this moment, this peak moment here? My friends and family, of course, and also, this is a weird one, 1500 ESPN's marketing department in 2014 for buying those billboards for the station around St. Paul, Minneapolis. Were they the ballsy ones or the the hometown guys, not homers? I think it was the last one that you mentioned. That's right. Hometown guys, yeah, like not homers. On, on the black background with the logo on the side and stuff. <laughs> That's some good hey stuff. Hey, guys, thing. So, KS95 and my talk to the last billboards, you guys should get back up there and get more listeners. I know. Well, yeah. I mean, there's. A, we should just do, like, a whole podcast update on, yeah, like, what, like, what the last seven or eight months has been like for us. But um, we're, like, we're definitely still trying to grow – AM fifteen hundred uh, score North Radio as much as possible, but the reality is, AM Radio is not as much of a growth platform as podcasting and YouTube and in other places. In our app, you can still listen to us and our yeah. podcast on the Score North app. So ultimately, like we're 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 just trying to build a bridge to where audiences are going in the next five or ten years, and so that's probably why you see a little bit a little bit less emphasis on driving people to AM fifteen hundred as maybe five years ago. Okay. So that was probably way more information than people that's needed okay. to know. But I like ballsy personally, but that's just me. <laughs> thanks, Simon. Simon, thanks for coming yeah. on, dude. Appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, that's Simon. write it down. You like writing things down. Ballsy. Billboards. Never thought I would hear a request for the the billboards back. Listen, maybe we can put our own funds together. Just yeah. put our no, own. No. Yeah, maybe. Well, you know what? 
You too can. The best part about those the hometown guys not homers. So ju- we did these photo shoots. We did like three photo shoots. We did one in 2010. Then when Judd came along in 2011, we did another one. They were and big. I, we might have done one in like 2013 or 14 too. And I remember we did like 45 minutes of they've got us with like three different outfits and poses <laughs> and stand back to back and big smile and like act like you're throwing a football, you know. And then there was one where the photographer guy goes, all right, I need both you guys, Mackie and Judd, I need both you guys to give me, uh, I think actually I might have been doing this with Royce. Yeah. And you were doing it this with, with Dubay. Dubay. Yeah, most definitely And not. then they eventually photoshopped us together when we had our own show together. But I remember they told Pat and I, uh, give us like a scowl, like you're just kind of, like you're angry and mean, like give me a mean face. And we're like, Okay. And those are the ones that they picked out for the ballsy billboards. Like, just look as mean and intimidating and uninviting as possible, and we'll put you on a billboard. And then you look like a jackass for, like, four years after that, right? Mean mean (laughs) Mackie. A young Declan Goff used to see him uh, driving up to St. Cloud State. Ballsy. Yeah. Now look at this, full circle. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, my last one. Yep. Uh, The Gopher football team will have a game canceled before this season is complete. So at least one. So it could be more. I don't know. But they're going to have at least one game canceled before the season is complete. Um, And and it might not be their fault, but I'm just assessing that I don't think they're going to play all of their games. All right. I like it. Write it down. You like writing things down. Declan. All right. My last one. Matt Nagy will be fired before Matt Patricia. (laughs) Oh, well, so if they both are fired on Black Monday, we're talking about if photo finish. It's got got to be like 1001. Yeah, what does Glazer report? Yeah, Glazer, Rappaport, whoever comes in first. We're we're checking Twitter timestamps if that happens. That's a tough one because you don't know that that the the news could leak after the firing. Sure. So, like, you could be right, but you could lose the point because it's going to all depend on how it's reported. Yeah, it's because we we aren't going to know when the conversations took place. We're never going to be able to prove that. So we have to go off of when... When it gets reported. Like, they'll probably both be fired on Sunday night after their last game, but the reality is it probably might not get out till Monday morning. Yeah. I could see, I think, I think Matt Patricia has probably made it to the end of the year at this point. Like, I think there's a chance that if the Bears get smoked again after their bye, there's a chance Nagy could go like Thanksgiving. Yeah. I think, after was, Thanksgiving. I, I think if he was going to get fired, though, he would have been fired after the game on Monday because that would have given them the bye to put a coach in place and regroup for a week? I don't know. Honest to God, if Matt Prayer doesn't make that field goal on Sunday, I mean, I, th- I think Matt Fisher probably would have been fired. Well, he, he should have been fired after the game here. God. I mean, that was disgusting. What Write it down. Did. You like writing things Bev, down. Bev's there. Daryl Bevel. Yeah. OC oh, could have taken over as interim coach of the Lions. He was a super hot head coaching candidate got, like after his second yeah. year, third year with Russell Wilson, right? Didn't the Bears talk to him? Yeah, he I got interviews. I he was talked to by the Bears. He got interviews. Dex, your final prediction. No, that was my final prediction. Oh, sorry. That's Nagy. It's up to you. So it's up to me now. Yes. All right. You know, I'm going to make a go for football prediction, <laughs> All the too. pressure's on you. Judd was taking a lot of heat over the weekend. People saying, you know, the Gophers are a disaster and Rashad Bateman is not a first-round pick. So write this down. Rashad Bateman. Write it down. You like writing things down. Will still be a first-round pick, despite this train wreck season that the Gopher football team is having. Mm-hmm. And I think his performance at the Combine will help reassure teams, no, this dude's a stud. And and look how many wide receivers are going in the first round lately. It's it's I don't think it's like ten years ago, wide receiver was was more of a plug and play position because you just had all these like pocket passers who could just turn Greg Jennings into an all pro guy, right? Yeah. I think you're seeing now because quarterbacks are being drafted in large part for their overall skill set, mobility, et cetera, 
and they might not be as refined as like Peyton Manning was at picking apart a defense. You need receivers to help elevate quarterbacks in that way. And so receivers, I think, are more valuable now and are just like like being drafted in the first round now. So that's even more reason Rashad Bateman is going to be. A I agree round. completely. And do you really think that, that Bateman from 2019 to 20 like just lost it? No. Like, no way. He didn't just lose his ability. Now, the offense stinks, and and especially against Iowa last week, it didn't look good. But I don't think there's any way that he just, within one year, forgot, you know, all, all the stuff that he did positive. So I'm with you on that. Completely. Write this down. So those are your write-that-down predictions and an accountability session for this week. Only a few weeks left in the 2020 season. Can Judd Zolgad hang on to the batting title 410 going crown. in. 410 going in, and uh, Rami has some things that can come off the board, but he's we might get him on again to make some predictions before the end of the year just to give him a now few Now I'm getting nervous shots. about that because yeah, he might come back and beat me if he does that. I can pretty much not catch you at this point, especially because I have a bunch that are going to come off the board. I feel like Rami's to. got the best chance to um, – Declan can too. Uh, I could. you got to get hot, and you probably need Judd to come under 400. Yeah. And Declan would have to, to get have, pretty hot. I'd have to have like quantifiable things that come off the week, and I'd have to hit them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's your strategy, dude. I think yeah. you, you're, you're going to have to go – Take some swings. You're going to have to go all immediate picks. I'm not, and I'm not doing the John Harrison. Uh, well, I can't. Well, you can't. Games, we, I, we would not allow it again. I'd have, Don't to, worry I'd about have that. to do like NFL games. I'd have to do like predictions on each week. Would probably be the only way it works. Yeah, this John Harrison was batting yeah. like 200 last year and and was way gone from the race. And was, like, can I just predict all the bowl games and have them count individually? We're like, whatever. Dude. Why did we allow? Why did we just like <laughs> roll over on that one? Yeah, I don't know because we're idiots. And you're the math guy. I know. You're, I just, you're the one that should have said, no, man, that's far too simple for I, you. I should have simulated like giving him 40 at bats at like a four or 500 average, how that would affect his season uh, total. And I was, I was an idiot. <laughs> so anyways, let's get, let's get Royce in here next. Reckless speculation. Trade talks. Juicy rumors. Pat, ESPN.com knows how to get the three of us to click on articles. They have one entitled, Seven trades we hope happen this week. <laughs> I love that. And yeah. the first one, the first one is it's it's. I don't think Washington has come to the realization that they need to trade Bradley Beal yet. But the first suggested trade is the Timberwolves trade the number one pick tonight: James Johnson, Jarrett Culver, and Jake Lehman, and they get Bradley Beal from the Washington Wizards. Your thoughts? And they got to give up the number one too. Yeah, the number one, and then Jarrett Culver, and then James Johnson, Jake Lehman. And Judd's, Judd is saying, throw in the other first-round pick, too. I'm throwing my whole first-round bleep it. You think Bradley Beal wants to play with D'Angelo having the ball all the time? I don't think so. I, what, what, are we going to win the title then? I, I well, you're, I, I think you're going you're gonna to score 130 points and give up 140. Yeah. Uh, that'll yeah. be fun. Does Beal play defense like uh, the other two guys? Uh, I didn't realize, by the way, until I was looking it up today, D'Angelo was the second pick in the Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize he was the second overall. Yep. I'm not, I'm lukewarm on him, I got to tell you. I'm, yeah. I, uh, when he was allowing uh, the guy, uh, when he was allowing Mark Helps Fultz to go to the basket without without any interruption the last time I saw them play just basically said come on through shoot a layup I don't care uh I, I got a little I, I'm a little worried about him uh I it, I think it's unfortunate because that they I mean they got rid of Wiggins so you got to approve of the trade but 
I would like to have them be in the situation where they had to draft Lamelo. I think uh, he would be. I think he'd be a lot of fun because he's not. I think he's an actual player. I don't think it's all dad's BS. I think this guy's a really good player and uh, would. Uh, I'd like to have a point guard who's a little more pointy than D'Angelo is, but uh, I I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, I th- so I, my, here's my my biggest problem with Lamelo, and I I'm not going to pretend to have watched his 12 or 14 games in the Australian Pro League, but um, but a if you watch, like he's got a weird broken like backyard jump shot, just like his brother does. Yeah. And then somebody who did scouting on one of these, I told Judd Declan, I had I got a couple a uh, couple seltzers in me on Saturday and watched YouTube scouting videos of Lamelo Ball, <laughs> and somebody pointed out that he was statistically the worst pick and roll defender in the entire league, and like showed video of him just constantly getting lost. And I'm thinking in Australia, in Australia, <laughs> that's bad. Then. So in other words. Shane Heal was a defender compared yeah. to him. Huh? So he's like he's like Ricky Rubio with worse defense and a high maintenance dad, and that's what I'm worried about. Did you see Ricky's tweet the other day? No. What a job. <laughs> when he got traded again, you know, or said, What a job. Oh like, <laughs> like Poor you, guy. Know, you 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 go into the bubble, you win every game, you go eight hey, no, we got her going here, baby. Boom, you're off. You're gone. Poor guy. Uh, they they trade you uh, uh, so they can get 64-year-old Chris Paul in there. You want to feel even older. Ricky Rubio is 30 years old now, you guys. What's this, Team 4 for him? Timberwolves, yep. Utah, yep, this will be Phoenix, team. and now okay. By right? the way, I was looking through stuff beyond the time, you know, 2004 when you're the number one seed. I, the, the other, the moment of excitement for this franchise that I'd forgotten. But the first one was when they got Marbury, right? Okay. Marbury and Garnett, these two buddies joined at the hip. Great guys. You get the best player in the draft two years in a row. Wow. Let's go. We were excited then, right? Yeah. And we were excited when we got Wiggy. You guys were out at the fair. What did the t-shirt say? Uh, it what said get, uh, get, getting Wiggy with it. Yeah. Getting Wiggy with it. Everyone was and, excited. <laughs> and as I told Judd uh, yesterday, the, or the, yeah, yesterday, the biggest crowd we ever had at the fair was when Wiggy showed up that day. I mean, everybody was excited as hell. The other one was, the other thing that came crashing down was when Rubio blew out his knee. That year, you were halfway through the year. You were, what, 21 and 20, something like that. You were playing good. Everybody loved Ricky. Uh, you know, the, he just got off the plane. We welcomed the trip plane back to town. And, you know, there was things were looking up. People were excited. And boom, you know. Because you know why, Pat? Because like you've said, if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. And if the decision is made, it will be wrong, no matter how good it looks at the time. We had that. Uh, we did have a great bit on the uh, on the radio show, though, when uh, – when Ricky's plane came in, remember when Ricky's plane came in and uh, we were waiting for the plane and we played the Hindenburg. That's sound. right. Because <laughs> he was prophetic. You guys were prophetic. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, the my humanity. God. Oh, the humanity. <laughs> yeah, you guys knew, you Why see. We that, was, that, was, uh, that was a nice little prank, but... Uh, not 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 everybody agreed. <laughs> that was a good 
Oh, who didn't like that one? I don't know. Well, <laughs> people were, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, I've done a lot of uh, pandemic-type featurey, you know, sugary things that, you know, bring out the positive emotions in people. Every time I get a comment, it's, why don't you write more like that instead of all your smart aleck remarks and stuff? Like, you know, it's great. You can't, uh, you know, they, they, they want it to be, all, we, we want all sugar here, basically, for the most part. So yep. they don't even want you making fun of the Hindenburg crash when Ricky's flying. Yeah, it's just, it's just a little bit of just a good old-fashioned, uh, you know, disaster humor. You know what it's called, know? gentlemen? A precursor. That <laughs> yes, was a precursor. By the way, I heard last night I was in the car and uh, Freddie Freddie Coleman had uh, Gersten on the on the uh, uh, for his interview. You know, Gersten was going to get some inside info from Gersten on the uh, on the number one choice and stuff. Woo! This guy is uh, as someone told me the other day. Bring back the bifurcator. Oh <laughs> man! Than this guy. I mean, boy, this guy's tough. Man, Gerson, he says nothing. Yeah, in fact, nice we've, we've got a couple uh, couple highlighted clips of Gerson here on the jump yesterday giving us the inside scoop on what the Wolves are going to do. Uh, are the Wolves interested in potentially trading the number one overall pick? We're very open. We're having open conversations now. It's why we want to use every minute at our disposal. Every minute. Uh, in terms of the draft, our boards are set. Now it's just a matter of scenarios and conversations leading up to 8.05 when we make that selection or when we trade the pick. What about James okay. Wiseman? Would you would you take James? He Wiseman? told you what time the draft starts. What more do you guys want? <laughs> yeah, he gave you an eight oh five Eastern. Well, okay. Well, what about James Wiseman? You gonna uh, you gonna take him? What I'm hearing from you is if James Wiseman turns out to be number one overall on your board because you guys just happen to think he's the best player, you wouldn't be afraid of drafting him with Cat already there. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the, the current <laughs> NBA champion, and they did pretty good with two bigs in their lineup. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We'll do anything okay. at any time. Two bigs in their lineup. Is that who's he talking about? Who did he mention? The Lakers? Uh yes, I believe he's yeah, he's yeah, talking about, talk about Anthony Davis and then any like Dwight Howard and whoever yeah. else they Well, yeah, I was gonna say one of them is Anthony Davis. Yeah. That helps. That <laughs> helps. Who uh by the way is uh you know of the great big guys who got drafted at the top of the draft coming out of Kentucky. I'll take him over the other one. So, so Patrick, hey, hey, Pat. Here's my question. Here's my Pat. question. Bill, Bill, you're more of a basketball man than either Jed or I. I mean, I like it, but I don't study it like you. Is this what we're going to get from Cat? Or is he going to mature into a grittier leader? Type? Is he going to change? Is he going to defend and block a shot and push somebody out of the post? And, you know, which they don't do much. I, I admit that. I, you know, if he wants to play the outside game and shoot jumpers, yeah. fine. He's the best shooter they have. But can we get him to get a little meaner? I think he's destined to be one of the great twos if he finds a one. Like, if he were to yeah. find his LeBron or if he were to find, just like, Ke- well, I mean, Kevin Love was a, was a three in the end in Cleveland. Yeah. But, like, like Chris Bosh. With Dwayne Wade and LeBron sure. James, and he was a 3-2. But if, if he yeah. can find his one, he can be an all-time great two. But I, I think it's asking a lot when a guy is 25 years old. He's been in the league for like six years, 
and you're asking for like a lobotomy, basically. Like you're asking for a personality yeah. change, and I don't think, yeah. I don't think that's going to be him. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, and that I, I mean, if I thought Wiseman was that good, I'd take him. I wouldn't, you know, let, you know, let Town shoot three more threes, and you know, the the, the rookie's only going to play twenty minutes, and then of course, you got to wonder if, uh, you know, I, Judd and I were talking about this the other day. Cat is, you know, might have been all of us talking about it. Cat is not going to be the guy who's going to be patiently sit around and lead his team to the championship. He's not going to, he's not going to take any responsibility for them not winning. You know, he's, he's going to be, he's wanted, he wants to go somewhere where he can be with two other guys. So, mm-hmm. Yep. I, I think so. Anyway. Hey, Roycey. Roycey. Yes. You're, you're, you're forced to talk to Spielman, Falvey, or Gerson. Which one are you taking? Falvey, because I know him well enough. I could joke with him, you know. I don't know Spielman well enough. I, he's been around, but I, you know, I've never attempted to get through the shell. And Gerson, I, you know, I have no hope. <laughs> I have no hope there. That I think he was trained in the Houston way, right? I mean, their Houston was the big secret. They had secrets down there, and uh, with Maury and those guys. Too bad Maury didn't keep his mouth shut about Hong Kong. But uh, I was going to say that was no secret how I felt. Yeah, cost uh, cost the NBA a billion bucks, but uh, uh, the uh, yeah, I would I would say Falvey because Falvey's Falvey's loosened up. It's just when the TV cameras are going that he's he's bad. But I I don't know if Gerson's a BSer or not. But uh, I uh, I uh, you know it, it, they got the corporate speak going over there that might top. The twins corporate speak when Falvey and Levine first started. It's aggressive, that, yeah. Because Ethan Kaysen, he can like he's got it. Uh, he's got it out there now. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know what the hell he's talking about. It's triple speak. It's not even double speak. I don't, I don't know what it is. Hey, but, uh, one more piece. I, one I, more. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. A friend of mine texted me a Casson quote last night, and all I could say is. God is good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, says, it will find its way into tomorrow's effort, I can guarantee you, because it makes no sense. <laughs> so, Pat, one more piece of speculation for you. We, uh, One of our loyal listeners, uh, Michael McGivern, who's who's been he, – he helps us with our WrestleMania rewinds, and he's, he's awesome. Sure. So he floated – I think it was Michael who floated this email to us. Yep, it was. Theo Epstein as the next Major League Baseball commissioner. Your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I I think that would be a wonderful PR move for them, and he's a sharp dude, and uh, uh, he would uh, defend the game. I mean, he would not just leap into all this stuff, but uh, you know, he would not just leap into all this stuff. I don't, uh, I don't think so. And did you, know, did I, you see his think- quotes? From his uh, press conference yesterday, he's quoted as basically saying, I know people like me have helped set baseball back, and I'd like to try and fix that. Theo? Yes. Yeah. He basically okay. he basically acknowledged that, that he was responsible for going down the path 
that have caused games to go so long now. Yeah, the Red Sox is a and he yeah. and he said I would like to be able to work on that to fix it now. Hmm. Yeah, well, and, and and we've talked about you know analytics are great until they aren't <laughs> until every game takes four hours. Yeah, it's, I think it'd be great, but Manfred, you know, he's not that he's not old enough. You're gonna have to get him fired, right? That's, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if the owners are willing to do that. I, I, I don't know if they're willing to, to do that or not. But uh, Theo would be a great pick. But don't you think the Mets are going to try to go crazy trying to hire him now, this Cohen guy? Probably. But I, I think but he, he says he's not working correct. this year, right? Correct. He says he's not working this year. And, and I think he's, 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 what is he, 46, right? 46? Theo? Yeah. I think I heard 46. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't think I'd be in a hurry to, if I was him to leap into the Mets deal anyway. But it is amazing. You know, guys used to always say that. It used to be a great cliche. Ten years. Guys should coach any place more than ten years. Bobby Knight said that and then stayed at Indiana <laughs> for, what, 25 or 6. Yeah. Everybody says that, but this guy's so sharp. He, he meant it. And uh, he really did start. This whole generation of Harvard guys and Yale guys and, uh, you know, these other Eastern liberals. I mean, he he single-handedly changed the front office power structure in Major League Baseball. Yeah, he did. And, uh, I mean, there's there's now 18 Theos running teams mm-hmm. uh, in those jobs who may be not as good as Theo, but, uh, but uh, running the – you know, running these operations. It's amazing his impact on the game. Yeah. Uh, Pat, we got to run and uh, we got to do some, some purple daily action here, but we'll be, uh, we'll be looking forward to your draft reaction in full, especially the second round on Friday when you join us again. Hey, uh, get a shooter. The, uh, I think, I think they have a very good chance to get Otura with the, uh, the early pick in the second round. I hope mm-hmm. he goes in the first round, but I, 33rd, that might be about right. I'd take him back I would up too. Big man. They could use one. All yeah. right. All right. See you, Pat. See you, Royce. That's wrapping with Royce every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday here on Mackie and Judd. You can also find his podcast, Royce Unchained. Uh, he's also part of uh, Monday Night Sports Talk, which is part of the Garage Logic network of shows. So, firing Rob Manfred should be a no brainer, by the way. Yeah. And by the way, like, it's, it's an easy, yeah. not hard to me. It's one thing if, like, well, we're, you know, we're not going to fire him and not know who his replacement is. If you know that you're firing him for Theo Epstein, yeah. it's a freaking no-brainer. Yeah. I hope that that happens. I would be very happy. All right, boys. A few hours left until the draft. Some some people are going to listen to this after the draft and just laugh at all of our hilariously incorrect takes from the show. But either way, we appreciate you hanging out with us. I'm Mackie and Judd, and we will see you guys tomorrow. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.